0: Is Anne Flynn I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other regardless of the dimension they're currently in meaning I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator medical intuitive and channel for all beings I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma I'm certified as a reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist This is the Animal's Eye View podcast. I think the first time that humans experienced I guess what I'll call external energy or it's probably more accurately a harnessing of external energy via the creation of what we now know in various forms as the light bulb and I think maybe at that point in time that seemed to be you know, kind of miraculous. Because up until that point, we had various different accoutrements to help us see more clearly in the dark. We had fire, of course. We had candles. We had, um, you know, lamps that were filled with kerosene that had a wick in them, and you light the wick. And then the flame came up, and therefore we had light. And you can turn that up and down to increase the amount of light, But I think maybe in that moment, and I might have to travel back to 1879, which is when Edison is credited, although there certainly were others before him, and I'll put a link to some of that information in the podcast notes, really created and kind of, if you will, turned on the first light bulb. And again, I I think maybe at that point in time, people would just look at each other and say, wow, that's just really something. And certainly, I think we've had technological advances in our lifetime, certainly in my lifetime, you know, with iPods and iPads and uh, touch phones versus phones that you had to dial with your finger (laughs) You guys have probably seen that really funny video where a couple of 17-year-olds are given a rotary dial phone by I think it's probably one of their parents because that's what a thing that parents would do. (laughs) Maybe it was a nefarious uncle or an aunt and saying, "Okay, so here's this phone number, and so now you have to try and dial that phone number." If you haven't seen that YouTube video, I'll put that. I'll see if I can find it and put that in the podcast notes because that's also just pretty darn funny. Anyway, I think the The concept of instantaneous energy, for lack of a better word, is something that's just really maybe still kind of, I don't know, kind of miraculous and kind of maybe not really even present kind of concept to most humans that maybe I think we're still kind of constrained in the world of cause and effect, that even, you know, like we, we reach for the light switch and we turn it on and sometimes it takes a second, maybe even a half a second, but then all of a sudden we have light. And so I think we're still used to, okay, so if I do this, then I get that. And In the world of the language of energy, the master language of energy that I've said many times, and I will probably say many times more, animals are masters at, there is no lag time. There is no, oh, so if you do this, or if I think that, then I'll know instantaneously at the next moment you will have that same thought that I have. It's much, much closer than that. And to a certain extent, I think maybe the concept of the master language of energy is something that maybe humans aren't set to comprehend at this point in time in our evolution. I'm not really sure about that. And I think perhaps that's something to definitely ponder, but the comparison that I have to it is that when I'm in the middle of doing, say, for instance, animal communication, um, accessing my medical intuitive skills, accessing my mediumship skills, there may be a half a moment of a realization of, oh, oh, I see. Okay. So this information is coming in. Oh, I see. That was another thought that you shared with me, another emotion that was downloaded. And so I need to incorporate these two extra little pieces into this picture, if you will, that I'm building of Communication, I guess, for lack of a better word. And it's probably more accurate to say telepathic communion, um, with other beings, with other entities that I think it's, it happens much, much faster than, than most humans would probably realize this whole kind of telepathic, again, communion, certainly with other other species on the planet with other beings with your own animal companions to a certain extent kind of with each other <laughs> because as the saying goes your vibe precedes you that people will know who you are just by walking into the room at least if they're paying attention and of course again inside of the human experience We don't necessarily have structures and parameters that teach us to, okay, so you're going to want to look for the energy first, rather than what this person does or how this person speaks, that energy will already be present if you want to look for that. And maybe that's something that can be put into the next educational system that we have for beings in human experience on this planet, I think to a certain extent, indigenous peoples and native peoples, long before they had a common or a shared verbal language, they were, I think, much more sensitive to, again, for lack of a better word, energetic vibes, probably the, definitely so, the master language of energy, than we are as humans right now. I just, I think to a certain extent, we spend just a ton of time on communication, how to communicate more clearly, and how, as the saying goes and the book goes, I know you think you understood what you thought I said, but what you think I said is not really what I thought I was saying to you and what I was hoping that you might understand or some version of that. The point being, and the bottom line being, that in your relationship with your companion animals, as I've said before, they're reading you like yesterday's newspapers, and it will be super, super fast if you are aware of it. I had an experience just the other day with my fabulous little hunter who is one part of the duo that I've talked about before that I recently adopted. And I was getting ready to go and visit one of my sons out of state. And I was having the pet sitter come over to the house for a meet and greet, have her walk through the house, show her where the food is, the kitty litter boxes, talk a little bit about their habits, at least as I know them thus far, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And as soon as she exited the front door and I turned around, there was Mr. Hunter who had planted himself on the stairs going to my upstairs in my townhome. And there was just this incredibly piercing look. And the thought that was shared with me was, where are you going? (laughs) And I think I might have told him up until that point I'd like to think that I would have shame on me if I didn't to say, hey, buddy, this woman is coming over. I'm going to be leaving the house. I'm going to be gone for a couple of days and a couple of nights. She's going to come over. She's going to take care of you. She's going to feed you. She's going to make sure that you're very, very safe. She's going to play with you. This is a chance for you to maybe see if you might like to be a friend of hers. And we certainly had that conversation at one point. But he pretty much nailed me (laughs) with just the look of, huh, where are you going? And I think it's important as humans that we understand that absent our fluency, if you will, in the shared language of energy and telepathic communion, that If you were to say to your animal companions, just as I did with Hunter and Little D, hey, I am leaving to fly on an airplane and I'm going to be going out to the airport with my other son and we're going to be going to see his brother and my son, our other family member, out of state, And it's called California and we're going to be going out there and we're going to be staying here. And I think I'm going to get a chance to swim in the ocean, which would fill me with absolute and complete and utter delight to be able to experience the ocean again. And here's what we'll do while we're there. This is how I'm going to feel when I'm there. This is how I'm going to feel when I leave. And this is how it will be when we come home. And the really interesting thing is, and if you were to play back this part of the podcast, every time I talked about something, whether you know it or not, you had a little mental picture in your head. When I talked about flying on an airplane, you may have had even the visceral feeling of what it's like to be on an airplane. You may have, when I talked about the airport, thought to yourself, oh, I wonder what airport she was flying out of. And in that instantaneous thought, you would have had perhaps a mental image of any other airport that you've been in. If you've ever swam in the ocean before, you would have had perhaps another visceral image and a picture of what that ocean experience was like for you at that moment in time. The point being is that when we talk out loud and verbally to our animal companions, and please, I implore you not to use baby talk, only a little bit (laughs) if you must. I think we like that. I think it kind of reinforces what we perceive to be their, dare I say it, dependent relationship on us. And if it makes you feel good, that's great. And if they seem to enjoy it, I would be the first to say to you that, yes, I think they probably indulge us in that. But when you speak to them, just as you would any other family member, and telling them what's going to be happening to them in their lives, those pictures that you hold in your head, and especially if you make it as descriptive as possible, that is, I guess I would probably say telepathic communion 101 because even though you are verbally saying these things and even though mm, I think the jury's still out, whether they understand our verbal language, I think they understand a lot more than they let on and we'll leave that for another podcast. You certainly are holding that space of energy and your intention, because intention, my friends, is everything. Most definitely, where animals are concerned, your intention is to share with them information that you would like for them to know, so that whatever their whatever's going to be happening in their experience, whether that be immediate. I have to say that I'm the first person that if I leave the house, I say to my animals, because they look at me like, when are you going to be back? I try to give them a timeline. I say, hey, I'm going to the store. I'm going for a walk. I'll be back in a couple of hours. I can't wait to see you again. Um, I love you both. And I'll see you soon. And I'm sure I know for a fact that that's a lot more common amongst other guardians that it's not just me but if it's something um, a trip adopting a new family member dating someone new and having that person come over to the house and meet them for the first time it really does behoove you and them but most importantly you to give them a heads up about that Yes, they're in your family, and at the same time, they are also, to a certain extent, your roommates. And just so if you were living with roommates and you were having someone come over, or perhaps you were thinking about adopting another animal companion, you would talk to your roommates about that. And you would say, hey, I'm really wanting to adopt another cat, dog, bird, iguana, fish, doesn't really matter what it is. We have such a great home here. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that and to see whether you think we might be able to make this happen. And to be sure, you are not asking for permission, but what you are doing is seeking and giving them validation that you are occupy a very special place in my life, and because you occupy a very special and important place in my life, I want to make sure that you have as clear a picture as possible going forward about this issue, this event, whatever that happens to be in your life, and because if it's in your life... It is also part and parcel of the shared energy environment that you co-create with them. Not all of those things are going to be positive, that there may very well be some things that you would perceive to be negative or say, for instance, of a shadow aspect, the pandemic springs to mind, (laughs) the upcoming election springs to mind. I would just invite you to be very, very aware that your energy always precedes you. And even it might even if it might feel funny to talk out loud to your companion animals and most definitely I've had clients before say, "Well, what do you mean talk to them?" And my response is, "Well, just like you and I are talking." Really, they say. And my response is, "Yes, absolutely." Cuz again, your thoughts and the pictures that you hold and the emotions, that language of energy that kind of flows in and out of the thoughts and in the emotions that you're having is basically the master language of energies, bread and butter. And that is most definitely at least a big step forward towards your animal companions in helping them to understand you better and in helping you to understand them better and for you to keep in mind kind of on a continual basis how much a part of your shared energy environment they are and that you are co-creating the energy in that environment with them They are more than happy to take that big step forward towards you. If you're sensitive to that energy, you will feel it shift and it will shift again like a light bulb going on. It will seem almost instantaneous and you will feel like, oh, okay, yeah, um, they, um, they feel better about that. Yep, it's good that we talked about that. It can really seem like the moment the light bulb did go on back in 1879, pretty miraculous because it is. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazannflynn.com. Come and find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.